stuff. Check your levels. Check your levels. Yeah, like, you got to talk. Keep talking. Would you like me to give you an oil check? Keep talking. That's where you stick your finger up the bottom. Yeah, and I know. That. See how much ends up on the end of it. I'm going to have to pump you up a little bit because you're not a close talker. Like I, I was talk. Is that better? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm not a close talker. Let <clears throat> I me. Mean, yep. Is that okay? Okay. With me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have to get a, a different cover so this isn't in my way. Do you want the one off that mic over there? Nope, we're good now. Let's do it. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Nonsense. (laughs) Or nonsense. (laughs) Balderdash. Balderdash. Oh, Johnny, it's so good to see you live in the flesh again. I know. And without other people interrupting our (laughs) mojo, now we can do this without pants on like usual. Yeah. Now we can be (laughs) naked while we do this. Wait, no. (laughs) What? (laughs) No pants doesn't mean naked. No, no. Naked. We're Nakies. Nakies are no show. Where does uh, Germans don't appreciate the nudity like us Americans do? I heard differently. I heard Germans are kinky. We're going to have to have them back on. And yeah, but kinky doesn't mean naked. Because sometimes oh. to get kinky, no, you put true. more on. It's true. <laughs> you put different on. Oh, different, I guess. <laughs> more elaborate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, how you been? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back in Seattle for sure. Uh, spending time with my sweet wife. I won't tell everybody about how much we're having sex because apparently people don't like that. <laughs> not to brag. Yeah, not to brag. But an adequate amount. <laughs> <laughs> I did it yesterday. Oh, good for you. <laughs> and that was the sex talk portion of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about beer. You beer. said you brought me a yeah. treat tonight. Wait, I forgot to ask how you're doing. How are you doing? How you oh, doing? How you doing? I'm fine. Um, the smoke is bothering me. Yeah. Uh, I'm on this, seeing a new doctor who put me on this new diet. That sucks. It's gotten better, but uh, cutting back caffeine to like one cup of coffee in the morning and that's it. Mm. Is that part of the diet? Like, caffeine's? Yeah, well, sleep. Um. So maybe my sleep's not awesome because I'm, I'm chugging coffee maybe that's all throughout I the sleep. day. I should probably drink less coffee at but, nighttime. Yeah, but that one o'clock, two o'clock rolls around. Oh yeah, I get totally. I feel drippy. like I'm drunk. Like I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I'm pretty good about <laughs> not good. drinking afternoon, but I do have those moments. Where I just need a nap. Yeah, yeah, it gets hard. So other than that, I'm doing good. So um, yeah, just working out with Nathan. We've been doing a lot of that still. And how's Nate doing? He's doing good. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a girlfriend and so cute. Yeah. And he's going to meet with this uh, guy from uh, HVAC company next week and talk to him about doing HVAC stuff. And yeah. So he's moving along. Oh, love it. Yeah. Well, I brought back for you a you cannot buy in stores beer. Oh. This is a special edition. No stores at all. Nope. Nowhere in the country. Not for sale at all. Anywhere. Love it. Um, so I work for Wayfair. Yep. We recently celebrated our 20th anniversary. Okay. And so as part of the 20th anniversary celebration, wow. they contracted with Hapoon Brewing, yeah. which is a really big brewer in the Boston area for the 20th anniversary years of home selling nonsense online. Wow. Purple Penwheel Pilsner. That's awesome. So I'm excited. So I brought one back. So they, they had it. They still have actually still have kegs in the office. 
And so we had draft beer versions of this, this and they gave us four packs to bring home. That's awesome. Um, so how they I know? thought I would bring one home and share it. How'd they know we do a podcast? Uh, I don't think they do. <laughs> I haven't told anyone anyway. I actually was thinking about it this morning. I probably should just go ahead and tell everybody that way I can pull the bandaid off. Nobody's going to listen to it anyway. My company found out because someone looked at my LinkedIn and my company and said, you host a podcast? <laughs> I was like, oh, please don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's too funny. Then they go, I'm going to listen harder now. I said, oh, my. God. Ooh, listen so hard. Yeah. So Super hard. As a smart business would do, this is a pretty light beer. It's only 4.7%. And it's uh, Purple Pinwheel Pilsner with dragon fruit, hibiscus, and certified color, which I don't know what that is. This is a hoity-toity beer. Uh, it's it's a beer, so <laughs> I'm just I'm interested to see what you think of it. Yeah, uh, whether you too. whether you like it or not. Ooh, Ooh, snap, crackle. That was a good one. Thank you. Sounds a little grosser. Uh, <laughs> why is my beer green? I don't know. It was purple when I had it the first time. <laughs> That is weird. <laughs> Wait, it's supposed to be purple? I thought so. It's purple coming out of the... T- I mean, it's like a grayish purple. Oh, oh, but you haven't had it out of the can yet. No, this is the first time I popped a can. That is weird. I wonder if we get down to the bottom, it's going to be purple sludge. <laughs> I don't I wonder if... Some, I, I wonder if, like... Like, shake it up a little on the... I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't shake it before you open it, but... Shake you before you open it. <laughs> God. Nope, same. Yep, same. Actually, it's a little greener. <laughs> oh, there's the purple. Certified color fell at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it did travel in the baggage compartment of an airplane, so. All right. Who knows? But anyway. Yay. We'll give it a go. All right. Smells super fruity. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's a- a good look on your face. I mean, the Pilsner's at the end, but in mm-hmm. the middle, it was like, "Ooh, there's something going on here," mm-hmm. and then it goes away. Yeah, it tastes. It's a, not bad. It tastes a little <laughs> like rotten grape juice. It's like they they put a little bit of red wine or white wine in a Pilsner. It's interesting too. This is not what it tastes like in the kegs. In the kegs, it tastes like sort of a fruity, almost a seltzer more than a beer. That mm. wasn't bad. This no, more, I mean, this definitely doesn't taste like a seltzer. No, this is, no. This is more bitter than uh, <clears throat> the keg version. I actually too. like this. I'm getting used to it. You like this. I got Super three bubbly. more cans at home. <laughs> Super bubbly. Mm-hmm. Really light. Real crisp. Um, has this, like, weird flavor right in the middle. So as soon as you drink it, it feels refreshing. Gets this weird flavor, and then it's a Pilsner at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it is really light. It's very drinkable. Certified color. It's good on a warm day, <coughs> which is not a great warm day today, but I definitely wanted to share one with you, so. Oh, I appreciate that. They, I don't know if they'll bottle this or not, or if this is going to be an only one-time thing, only for, for Wayfair or what, but. Yeah. It's kind of cool. That's super cool. So, so there we go. Hapoon Wayfair. Yeah. Wayfair beer. Mm-hmm. You saw it on the website. I don't think they are set up to do that, but that's all right. Yeah, Harpoon is huge. They're everywhere. They're they're like a. I don't think they're as big as Sam Adams. Sam Adams is like a national brewery at this yeah. point, but Harpoon. It's almost like uh, 
uh, like Red Hook used to be, where it was like regionally very large and had a decent reach, but not nationally known necessarily. Although Red Hook did, that's a Northeast presence because they had a brewery outside of uh, Northampton. No. I don't know. Somewhere in in, uh, in uh, New Hampshire. Okay. Whatever the New Hampshire city that people know is. New Hampshire. Newport? No. New, everything's new. New Haven. No, no. that's Connecticut. Yep. I don't know. Fuck, doesn't matter. But they used to have a Red Hook brewery there yeah. that was exactly the same as the one that was out here in Woodenville. Oh, like, really? Like the same building. Oh, really? Yeah. Identical. It was it was really trippy going mm. in there. And now and they don't exist over there anymore. That got closed. But another brewery started up inside that brewery called Cisco Brewing. I think they've since moved out. I'm not sure if they're still there, but they're starting to become significantly bigger. Um and I have a couple of their beers that at some point I'll bring back. Yeah. No, that's good. So uh how come no one's commissioned anyone to uh do special lighting like a neon of uh <laughs> Of this for um, Harpoon and Wayfair. I don't know. That's above my pay grade. <clears throat> oh. So is Wayfair kind of like a Amazon for like furniture? Yeah, like home goods kind of things. So, so like, like they, they don't, don't actually make own or make anything. Yeah, just Amazon does sell. actually contract with manufacturing facilities to produce Amazon Basics yeah. things. Wayfair has Wayfair versions of things, but it's all done through suppliers. Okay. Most of their business is drop ship, so it's just a platform for companies to sell on but you have to be a bigger company like nope. it's not like an etsy no it's not like an etsy um and it's not like you can just i don't think you can just sign up and start selling immediately like it has to like on amazon it. you can you can do an amazon store and yeah i think there's some vetting involved and um like they're trying to not be just a low cost um sell every piece of widget they possibly can kind of store they're trying to be something different trying mm-hmm. to be a little bit not completely curated, but just better. Because <clears throat> I was wondering if I could sell cabinets and stuff with children in them and, and name the cabinets after the children. Yeah, but the price has to be $10,000 or more. <laughs> Usually it ends at a 9-8. That's how you know that, oh, it's, that's got, true. that it's got <clears throat> children in it. And not an 8-8, eight, eight, yeah. which is Nazi code for SS. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, don't do that one. That's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they really find you. <laughs> Actually, our government would probably hire you. Probably. Okay. They can make you president. They'll make you president. That's true. <laughs> or head of NASA. So I was watching some some sort of YouTube nonsense. It's probably DYT. And they were making fun of the weirdness that Joe Biden was doing the other day where he was like answering questions out outside the White House. And then like he answered the question and then just slowly started walking backwards and smiling. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Have you heard my new theory? I have a new theory. He's a robot. Yes, you have heard it. <laughs> no, but that's pretty easy pull. <laughs> Only because I watched these. Uh, someone made this side-by-side comparison video of the Boston Dynamic robots and Elon Musk's robot and how it walks mm-hmm. and how it moves. And he walks and moves exactly like these robots. They have like a like a, a gait. Is that what you call it? Like a walk mm-hmm. of like a elderly man because they're not super stout or whatever. And when they try to go upstairs, they fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they get back up and they fall again. I think and he glitches out all the time. Mm-hmm. I got three words for or two words for you. Made in America. <laughs> they glitch out. 
Wouldn't that be awesome if they're all AI? AI is already oh, here. Oh my gosh, that'd be they're running our. I don't government. know. I wouldn't. You know what? There's no way because the people in charge are morons. So there's no way they're robots. Robots would be doing a way better job. You think so? Yes, I, I do. don't think so. I do. Have you done AI actual, art? Actual AI, I think, would be doing a much better job making. Have you decisions. done AI art with Doll Dash E? No. Yeah, they don't get everything right. It's no. Oh no. It's like a nightmare version of of realistic things in like a painting form. Mm -hmm. It's wild. Well, for our bourbon, <coughs> uh, we're going to do a dry fly tonight, which is a local uh, distillery in Spoke Compton, Spokanistan. And uh, it, this is a straight wheat whiskey and it's finished in a beer barrel. Mm -hmm, what kind so of beer it's a barrel? beer bourbon. <laughs> uh, it's a Pike place, uh, Pike brewing company beer. And this is part of their cask and release series because dry uh -huh. fly fishing. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, so, yeah. So, this one is uh, – I haven't tried this one yet, I don't think. Oh, wood aged – oh, and a kilt lifter. And I love uh, kilt, kilt lifter. lifter. Mm -mm -mm. Scotch ale. Oh, we so should have we should, we got a kilt lifter for this I didn't one. even think about it. Perfect. <clears throat> I didn't think about it. We'll revisit. Yes, we will. Revisit. We'll have to revisit. We still got to write down in the uh, book of knowledge all the beers and bourbons and <laughs> topics we've already talked. Just put it in the notes. It's getting away from us. It is. All right, man. All Skull. Right, let's go. Hmm. Ah, made my nose tickle. Ooh, that's nice. That is nice. Nice and smooth. They tend to be, uh, weeded whiskeys tend to be a little uh, sweeter. Mm. <clears throat> more that, more that uh, wheat protein stays in it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't, doesn't convert to the alcohols as easily, as readily. Yeah, I should actually, hold on, I'm going to look up. <clears throat> I should have had more of this uh, on hand. More whiskey? I should have more whiskey on hand. You should, um, no, no, that's impressive. Yeah, I haven't even counted oh. the bottles yet. <clears throat> that's funny. That red breast box you have up there? Yeah. Gary just gave that to me when I got home to say thank you for letting um, oh. Katie's mom stay at her house while we that were. That is one of the best Irish whiskeys. Did you guys drink it? No, he said have it with Wes first. And oh, yeah, it's so really funny. sweet of him. He's that like, just sweet. save some for me. Oh. So that was really sweet of him. That is super now I, sweet. Now I don't have to share it with you. <laughs> I'll just drink yours. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, I like red breast. What are you looking at? Well, I wanted to see if they gave me the ratio, because it's not on the bottle, of, yes, I'm 21, of uh, what the mash bill is. Mm. If that's okay. If you're okay with that. Well, they also make vodka, and they make gin at Dry Fly. I haven't been to Spokane to try these guys out yet. That'd be a fun, fun drive. That would be a super fun drive. Uh, let's see. It's on page two, probably, huh? Oh, they don't have it on here at all. All right, cool. Uh, special bottle then from Total Wine and More. Not a sponsor. Nice. Not a sponsor yet. <laughs> Never. It's so pretty though. It is. I like the all black bottle. Yeah. Is it a plastic cover? Or is it painted? Looks like it's painted. Yeah. And they're one of the companies that makes like the canned mixed drinks mm -hmm. and stuff like that too. A lot of the distilleries got into that. The yeah. cocktails. Yeah. There's there's money in it. Mm-hmm. There's some good ones out there too. There's some real stinkers as well. Mm -hmm. I really, Helen and I really like the Cutwater Bloody Marys. 
there's a spicy and an extra spicy version. That extra spicy one will make your butthole stink. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. Um, the downside is it's owned by InBev. So oh, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a Budweiser product. And I don't typically like supporting them, but that is the best canned Bloody Mary. It's actually, in terms of Bloody Marys in general, it's really good. Yeah. So kudos to them. There are other ones like the Mai Tai or the Margarita. Fucking disgusting. Super, <laughs> super sweet. Oh, yes. Sugary. Oh, I think I've cool. had, not theirs, but I've had another margarita one yeah, where I'm just like, like, oh. like uncomfortably gross. Yeah. Undrinkable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a sugar headache. It's almost like they have to do that. Like, oh, they know what a margarita tastes like. So someone along the line in the uh, putting it in the cans process had to have said like, hey, you have to have this in order mm-hmm. for it to be preserved well enough. I don't know. I don't know. Something. They put too much sugar in it. Like when I when I'm out and about and I order margaritas or I'm looking at margaritas to to uh or when I order a margarita in general, I try to find out what sugar it is and ask them to do like half the amount of simple syrup. Usually simple syrup like to cut or it. Agave syrup yeah, or like I just I don't <laughs> want the sweet. I yeah. like the tequila, I like the lime, like the salt. That's why I just drink straight mezcal. I just cut out the middle. Mm-hmm. Get rid. That's not even a margarita. I don't care. That's a. I don't want a margarita. That's a mezcalrita. I just want mezcal. Yeah. So in when, <laughs> in Mexico, I would order a mezcalrita, uh, but with no sugar. And he's and the bartender would always be like, "So mezcal and lime juice? That's what you want?" Yes. Actually, that doesn't sound too bad. Maybe at Maybe a bit of seltzer. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Seltzer. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Well, anyway, this is delicious. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we should actually do. Um, so I have a couple episodes in mind. Uh, we need to do Halloween one mm-hmm. before you go back to Boston. Boo. Uh, pumpkin beer. Yeah, we can do some pumpkin beers. Okay. And uh, I'll have to. They don't make like Halloween. Oh, I know what I can get. Okay. Um. Yeah, I know what I can get. It'll be good. We'll see. And then uh, <laughs> and then we sh- we need to do a bottom shelf episode. Yeah. Yellow beers? Uh, yeah. Yellow beers and bottom shelf bourbons. Like we're talking $15 price points. Sure. Which usually is like vodka that's been put in the oak barrel <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> uh, there's some really good ones at that uh, liquor store down there by the Safeway. Yeah. They have some good bottom shelf. Oh, uh, Jefferson, Jefferson yeah. Square. Yeah. Or we could go somewhere that doesn't fuck you on the taxes. Yeah. Where's that? New Hampshire. <laughs> no you tax- want to ship me a bunch over? No, no taxes. Find out how much shipping is. It was probably cheaper than the tax. Well, Helen and I, uh, Helen, it was actually Helen's idea. She wants to get uh, an airplane bag for wine bottles mm-hmm. so that we can bring our really great wine that we have here over to the other coast so we have something to drink that's not gross. Have her ask Dana. Dana has a whole bunch. Is it like a box or like a... No, they're um, they're like plastic wrap shaped bottles. There are bottle shaped plastic wrap, mm. bubble wrap. Oh, and you put so the, the bottle inside so of it. These are like, um, like actual hard sided cases. Oh, okay. That fit twelve bottles. Like it's its own suitcase. It's not just wrap. It's, yeah, that it's way you can have your own, thing. all your favorites and over there. Bring them back. Yeah. So it's like any time that I have an extra check bag. Yeah. Option, I can bring it back. That'd be perfect. I know. Perfect. And I can perfect, do that with perfect. with whiskey too, as long as they fit in those sleeves. Well, those. Yes, they do. They do. Not all of them. No, but most of them do. Most of them would. Most of the ones that we brought back from Tennessee all fit in them. Yep. So we'll make make that happen. So would we want to do that with with uh, the lights or like the lower lights? 
the lights or the we'll turn off the lights. We'll do it in the dark. No, I don't mean with no, I don't mean that. <laughs> I don't mean that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, like, okay, so there's the big three cores, cores light, bud light, oh. <laughs> Miller light, but then there's bush light. Listen, I'm Natty retarded. <laughs> Uh, or we could do the ice beers, like Bush. I think there's a Bush ice. Maybe they got rid of it. But like Natty Ice, yeah. Whatever that next tier down is, yes. Like Bush Light, yes. Uh, like go to the grocery store and like look at the price points. And it's like, oh, this is the bottom of the barrel. Those mm-hmm. are the ones only sold in eighteen packs <laughs> for twelve dollars. <laughs> for twelve dollars. <laughs> oh, so much beer to drink. Yeah. I got to make a lot of beer can chicken. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we start cooking with it, probably. Oh, that's what I do already. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, uh, when uh, we went home for the vid, the COVID, uh, I went back to the office, and there was a whole bunch of alcohol left over in the fridge. And they were like, we're going to get rid of it if somebody doesn't take it home. And there was a giant case of Bud Light in there that was ordered like two weeks before things were shut down. It was in there for <laughs> like a year and a half. It was like two years expired. Something like that. It was ridiculous. So we brought it home, and we made beer can chicken with it. Beer doesn't really go super bad, especially in bottles. It does. does it? Yeah. It oh, okay. it uh it'll oxidize. It'll start to turn sort of cardboardy flavored. Oh. And so depending on the beer, the f- the flavor change is really good. So like like a barley wine will start to get that sort of aged, sort of earthy flavor. The sugar part of it will start to mellow. Uh, I think it's delicious. Raisin, you'll get some raisiny flavors, but with the light beers. It doesn't taste good. It just tastes like cardboard, like liquid cardboard. It's that not It's not good at all. But with the bigger beers, and this is like I, I pitched the idea of doing a series of my homebrewed beers because mm-hmm. I haven't actually. Oh, yeah, we got to do I that too. brewed beer in like three years, yeah. two, two and a half years. It's been a while. And so all the things that I have bottled or saved over the years, I think going back to 2010, and they're meant, they're big beers and they're meant to be aged. So I don't actually know how they taste. Oh, that'd be amazing. So I would just pick out like five of them and we might dump out. But we have to do it on a, like a Friday so that yes. when we're shit face. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. The next day. We don't day. have to drink them all. You just have to taste them. Oh, uh, well, you know us. Oh, I know. No self control. <laughs> <laughs> you and I took down half a bottle of larceny at the park. Whoopsie do. Eating chicken with our fingers like animals. <laughs> Making fun of everybody else drinking in the park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That so was one of funny. our trashiest days ever. That was great. That was really fun. I miss barley wine. If uh, anyone wants to listen to earlier episodes of Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash, we really get shit-faced <laughs> early on before we realize <laughs> we should probably slow it down a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should only get shit-faced on, like, the 10s. <laughs> on the 10s? Yeah, like 30, oh, 30 40, 40. Uh, okay. 30, 35. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. 30, 17. This will be 33. The magic number episode. So well, we skipped thirty, so we should maybe we should we skip thirty one. We should. Well, I mean, we skipped getting just completely obliterated on thirty, so maybe maybe we should play catch up. Yeah, but or, you have to be in person. I can't do it on clean feet. Or we could just get high. Uh, no, that's not the that's not the show, man. What the if, show's not. What if what if it's in, beer? What if buds it's in the beer? And bourbon? oh, yeah, beer, buds and bourbon. If you could find <gasps> spinoff buds and bourbon, we could become Snoop Dogg's best friend. Oh my gosh, and maybe Paul Red. So there's a couple of uh, podcasts on No Agenda Social uh, Streaming, which is like uh, Bowl After Bowl. That's it's a one. serial podcast. Uh, they do. Yep. It's a it's serial. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's marijuana. Oh. Marijuana John. Okay. <laughs> not cereal. <laughs> By the way, the beer's good. Yeah, it's not bad. 
I, I think it's funny that it's green. Doesn't yeah, it it's a like, little. They call it a purple pilsner, and now it's green. I don't know why. Maybe the maybe a reaction with the cam. Maybe the the what do they call them? Um, certified color. Yeah. Maybe the certified color doesn't last very long. Yeah, but they didn't say what color it's supposed to be. Well, out out. of the kegs, it's purple. So I don't know. I don't know. I was really hoping it'd be purple, (laughs) not green. But whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's funny. Did you finish it? No. Go for it. No, not in the whiskey. No, it's it's Sherzy's. It's a big can and it's only four. I picked this on purpose. The other one I grabbed was 12%. Okay. So I decided not to bring that one. Anyways, Dryfly had a lot of different bottles at Total Wine and More um, from different breweries. That's kind of like their thing. They like to age their stuff in breweries mm-hmm. and partner with other breweries, which is great because it kind of lifts everyone up. Because if you like this, maybe you'll go try the beer. And I think more distillers and breweries uh, need to collaborate like that because it's good. So... I agree. I think that's fantastic. Um, back to our, our lowbrow. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, do you want to split the duties? Duties. Like I'll pick two, you pick two of each. We'll have four of each. What? Well, okay. I'll pick all the beers. I feel like you get the short end of the stick because I'm buying cheap beer and you're buying whiskey. Yeah, but I'll buy cheap whiskey. Okay. Yeah. I like whiskey. I like whiskey too. Beer sits in my fridge, man, and doesn't get drank. Yeah, it Mine only gets drink when I have people over. I don't typically drink it when I'm by myself. Yeah. I usually drink whiskey. Whiskey? Or or red wine. I like red wine. Everyone comes down there, they're like, wow, you have a lot of whiskey. I'm like, look, they're all like three quarters full. (laughs) (laughs) I need people to come over and drink. You have a lot of bottles. I have a lot of bottles. Not a lot of whiskey. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And the ones that I like, you can tell I like because... They're not three quarters full. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to them. And if it's full, that means I went back and bought another bottle of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's some that I want to like not drink all the time because I just want to save it. There's some that are bad. And I don't want to drink them. And then there's some that are expensive. And so I don't want to drink a whole lot. But anyways. So, yeah, we'll figure it out. Cool. I think that Evan Williams 1783 up there might be, or the Ezra Brooks. One of the two is might be a, a lowbrow bottle. I should start collecting them as I, oh, geez, I don't need to stop buying whiskey. Yeah, bus. keep, take it easy. Take it easy <laughs> there are some decent, this is what's funny though. Like a lot of, uh, I, this kind of goes back to our conversation we had last week where I don't believe a lot of people know, couldn't tell the difference between a bourbon and a whiskey. Mm. If you were to give them a glass of each, like if you were to hand them a glass of brown and didn't tell them anything, I bet very few people would be able to say, oh, that's a bourbon. Or that's a whiskey. I agree with that. And I think uh, it goes further than that with the quality of whiskey. I think a lot of people drink it and they don't necessarily love it. They don't hate it, but they there's there's other things they would rather drink and they do it for whatever reason. Like it's lower calories than a beer or it makes them look cool or whatever the reason is. doesn't really matter. Uh, or they just want to get shit-faced. But I don't think most people think critically about what they're drinking all the time. Nope. Uh, and I kind of wish they would. Yeah. So like I've tested with my friends and they don't know this <clears throat> and they don't really listen, but I've tested it with whiskey and with wine. Uh, we intentionally stash cheap red and uh, rosé wines for certain friends because we know they don't pay attention. Um, I've had people take down whole bottles of TJ's finest bourbon at $14 <laughs> a bottle and thought it was great. So 
Am I one of those people? No. Please tell me I'm not one of those people. No. I, I stashed the good stuff in the back because you appreciate yeah. it more. Well, most of the time, like, I can tell Woodenville right off the bat for most whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Trace is great, smooth, and sweet. Like, a, this is Buffalo Trace. So, when I was talking to Max and Danelle a couple uh, weekends ago, you know, Max, I might have mentioned on the last podcast, Max said, hey, what bourbon should I send back to my dad? Because my dad always wanted to try American bourbon. I said, Buffalo Trace. Mm-hmm. So, I brought it out for them to taste. And even Danelle was like, wow, that's, like, really, really smooth and sweet. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, this yes. is the quintessential bourbon Mm -hmm. it's the oldest distillery in the united states here it is this is what it is Mm -hmm. everything else is not necessarily competing but it's wanting to do something a little different than that and put their mark on the map maybe someone Mm -hmm. likes it a little better so yeah weeded whiskeys you know a lot of them are like uh i think um no uh wellers wellers has some weeded whiskey that's not bad um the uh the uh Happy Van Winkle, I believe, is a, a weeded whiskey as well, and that's stupid. So all sometimes all that stuff too is like a popularity contest as well. So the prices go up because like Buffalo Trace used to be twenty something dollars uh, or twenty dollars and some change, and now it's twenty six, twenty seven, sometimes twenty eight dollars a bottle. Mm-hmm. And that's because of Joe Rogan. Oh, jeez. Because all of his buddies would come on his podcast and he'd say. Hey, have you guys tried this? It's Buffalo Trace, and, and you talk about everybody it. buys, and it. then everyone goes and buys it. So, fuck you, Joe Rogan. I love Joe Rogan. I know you do. He's a nice guy. I don't know about that. Yes, sweetheart. It's just a puppy dog. I bet if you met him and he talked, I'm to sure you. he's just fine. Same just... thing with Sink. I think Sink's a <laughs> chunk. Uyghur is a uh, douchebag, but I'm sure if I met him, he'd probably be just the sweetest guy in the whole. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, now Anna, on the other hand, gets a little haughty. Yeah, she gets fired up though, and she she doesn't hold back. No, doesn't but then she gets look. all screechy and <laughs> so it's hard to listen yeah. to. And it's like, <laughs> I just I my only my only real gripe with Joe Rogan is not personal. Um, I've never really liked him on the shows. I've always find him found him a little obnoxious, but that's okay. I find lots of people obnoxious. Um, it's that I feel like he can be irresponsible sometimes by giving validity to just straight up nonsense. That's, that's where I have a, a challenge with it. He is a comedian. <clears throat> I know, but that's not how people <laughs> take it. That's my problem. And you should know that. Well, There's I mean, a, that, that rolls right into our topic tonight too. It does. It absolutely does. You know, I'm talking to, so you sent me this link mm-hmm. and it's about a, uh, New York university professor who was fired after students say his class was too hard. That's my case of case. Um, <laughs> some parents and teachers say the firing of Maitland Jones Jr. points to a lowering of academic standards. And full disclosure, I watched a Young Turks uh, episode or segment about this as well. Um, just because it was the first thing that popped up when I was kind of doing a little more digging because the Guardian article that you sent me had some holes in it. Um, like so missing was, information. <clears throat> yeah. And I was kind of like, well, this, this doesn't tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the young Turks kind of felt the same way. Like, well, wait a minute. Like the kids weren't asking for this guy to be fired. Yeah. And, that was weird, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So, okay. uh, basically the, the controversy is that they said that he's a, a professor of organic. Is it chemistry? chemistry. Organic chemistry. Yep. Yeah. And which is already a very 
hard <laughs> subject. Mm-hmm. And it should be. Yep. And a lot of people who take this are pre-med. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be uh, your doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> one day or, or someone's doctor one day. And um, they talked a lot about on the Young Turks about his style of teaching was gone into question as well. And, uh, but he made it hard on purpose and he had his own teaching style and stuff like that. But the point was, is that he was trying to really see, and I think a lot of pre-med classes do this. They try to shake out Mm -hmm. who's going to make it or not. Yeah. Like you don't get to just be a doctor. Yeah. I don't want people that like, no, seed their way through it. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not who we want. So yeah. Like I think you bring up a good point in that. The subject matter and the con- there's two conversations here. Like we're missing things. We don't know entire details. The guy was really old. He was thinking about retirement anyway. Uh, there might have been some other issues, but at the same time, him being fired, like the way it was pitched, was he was fired because class was too hard and students and parents complained. Uh, and like, I I can't imagine. <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine a world where this happens at that level. I get it when it's like little kids. Um, one of my good friends or one Helen's best friend, Maria is a teacher, an art teacher. And you'd think that would be an easy class. And some kids just don't participate and you don't get good grades if you don't participate. And then it's art, like the, it's so subjective anyways. I think she teaches at a private school. <clears throat> and if a kid gets the, a bad grade, the parents complain and threaten, mm-hmm. like they threaten lawsuits, all sorts of craziness. Uh, and, rich and so the, private school, mm-hmm. yeah. and so the parents or the teachers are sort of forced to give good grades to kids who didn't deserve it. Otherwise, and like the the admin, the admin is like, "You better do this, or we'll just find somebody else that will." So like, okay, fine, skate through, skate through elementary school, skate through high school, whatever. But if you're becoming a doctor, no, I don't. <clears throat> there's yeah. a there's got to be a line there, yeah, and it should start sooner. Yeah, I care less when it's somebody who wants to ride their skateboard the rest of their life, whatever, they're not going to be a doctor. Fine. Or they might be, but once they get to that level, it should be hard. Like we got to stop making it easy for people all the time. Or the only professionals we're going to get are a bunch of fucking numbnuts that don't know how to do anything. This is a complicated issue only because I, I see it as like, where do you start? So, cause, cause it's, it's top down and then it starts to become from bottom up. Mm-hmm. because the top down is teaching and then the bottom up starts rising and then they start teaching top down and no child left behind didn't do anyone favors uh, in the sense that a lot of people lied and cheated so that their school could get more money. Well, they started, they started teaching kids to pass tests, yes. not teaching kids to learn. Okay. So, so my, my biggest thing as I read this, the, the big thing that came up to me was like, I remember teaching critical thinking in my, uh, Bible and computer classes. So I would teach them how to ask the right questions <clears throat> and the right questions are, you know, why does it do that? Especially in computing classes and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you, you're asking. So if I do this, you know, you're trial and error, right? So you're asking, you're experimenting, mm-hmm. you're trying to use your brain to say, well, I have a hypothesis that if I do this, if I do X, then Y, and critical thinking is a lot of that too. You're mm-hmm. asking, you're trying to find the right questions to ask in order to not just get an answer, but to investigate what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's missing because it's maybe it's done in a way where kids don't know that that's happening. But I think it's better when you're intentionally teaching them critical thinking, when you're intentionally in 
you know, to ask having them ask questions. So if I'm a teacher and I say this, I want them to raise their hand and they say, well, wait a minute. And that happened a lot in my Bible class, which I loved. They questioned the things in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And my answer oftentimes was, well, what you tell me what you think it's saying. Not, not, I want you to interpret it, right, by what you think it's saying. I know there's an answer, but I want you to think it because what you're asking me is you're just asking for an answer, mm-hmm. which is fine. You're asking me to tell me, tell you your opinion or your belief. Yeah. And you haven't come to it yourself, <clears throat> which means it's not a belief. Yes. So you need to investigate <clears throat> that. So talk it through. Mm-hmm. And then we would have this discussion and I would start playing the, <laughs> no pun intended, devil's advocate, right? So I'd say, well, what about this? And I'd put in all these, you know, the the things that I hear that are often objections and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I would, I would force them to try to think logically through a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that happens often in classrooms. No, not enough. And my, both my kids went through private schools, uh, Christian private schools, even, <clears throat> excuse me. And neither one of them, I don't think got a whole lot of that. And then you get tenured teachers. I know I didn't high school. I got tenured teachers in high school. I didn't give a shit. Nope. And so that, you know, they just, as long as you answered it correctly, it was easy to grade. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's what it ended up being. And I remember as a teacher, I hated grading. That was like the worst part of it mm-hmm. because I felt like all I did was give them a, a piece of paper or ask them to write something. Now, the writing ones I liked, but because then they had to think about it. But most of the time they gave me bullshit answers and mm-hmm. I knew it, which I meant, which meant that they were just trying to appease something rather than um, actually think it through. And when my kids would struggle in school, Nathan questioned teachers all the time and got in trouble. Sophia was a good student in which she just did exactly what they said. But Nathan questioned things and they did not like Nathan because of that. Mm-hmm. No, they just want he you to be a little He was a problem followers. kid mm-hmm. because he would ask why yeah, or how. And they didn't like, like being the – they thought it was understand. a challenge. They thought it was a challenge. Well, they thought he was being disrespectful by not yes. just accepting what they were telling him to do. Yeah. Right, to, and to that frustrated it. me to no end. Yeah, I don't blame you. That would frustrate, frustrate me too. Yeah. And he's a smart kid. And <clears throat> when I talk to him, him and I do movie reviews. So we'll watch a movie. And then after the movie, we'll discuss the movie. And we'll talk about like what do you think the director was trying to – tell you mm-hmm. you know would you what do you think uh how, how did he manipulate you with the sound and the and the scenes and the effects all those things play a thing in your mind where the storyteller is trying to mold you mm-hmm. and uh, so him and i have big deep discussions about movies because it's it's fun mm-hmm. it's fun but it it's activating or exercising your critical thinking skills mm-hmm. Because there's an underlying message that perhaps they're trying to tell you in that mess in that story that maybe you're picking up, maybe you don't. Um, but there's even a subconscious thing that you have to tap into as well. Mm-hmm. How did it make you feel? Movies make you feel emotional. Yeah. Like today, I watched a short little clip of um, what was it? Uh, Miami Vice. <laughs> like the old, the old show or the yeah, new show? Someone clipped this scene in Miami Vice that is so wonderful it's um uh phil collins um i can feel it coming Mm -hmm. in the air tonight Mm -hmm. and it's them driving in his convertible and it's dark out they're running red lights and the song's playing in the background and sometimes just a scene of the of the two main actors and then they pull up to this phone booth phone booth and there's a neon sign above the phone booth of the hotel that the phone booth's next to and uh, Crockett, um, you know, picks up the phone and he calls 
probably his ex-wife or something like that. And he says, it was real, wasn't it? She's like, it was real for me. She goes, what's going on? He goes, nothing. And he hangs up and he came back in the car and the song's still playing the whole time. But now when he gets in the car, it's the (laughs) and it's scenes like where they put the camera on the front of the car and he had this wide scene of the car or in the hood of the car and it's the two of them. And it's so aesthetically well done that there's an emotional feeling about why he just made that call and the silence of them driving in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And it's it's playing with your emotions, but you kind of understand the maybe a loneliness, especially with that song. That song is got that weird vibe. It's about a guy watching another person murder someone or mm-hmm. something like that, I think it is. I thought it was about him watching someone drown. And yes, not yeah, drown. Yeah, so it's kind of <laughs> like... Murder. I mean, I guess. By not doing... <laughs> by not helping. Yeah. Like, I, so... Critical thinking is is a big part of this, and and I don't know how this teacher taught in the school because um, they never said exactly how what his teaching style was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard anything different. No, I didn't. Um, the other one of the things that bugged me about the the story is like oh, it was like eighty five students said it was too hard and signed a petition that said it was too hard. Mm-hmm. But how did the rest of the students do? Like, yeah. Odds are there are a handful of students that excelled in that class, got 100% or straight A's, whatever it sure. was. Or um, B averages at least. Yeah. I mean. And those are the people that should be doctors. And so it's like the people who struggled, which um, I would have struggled in that class. Uh, and I consider myself a fairly intelligent person. Yeah, you're pretty smart. Um, I would have struggled in that class. I struggled in chemistry in high school. Uh, <clears throat> that doesn't mean that the way that my high school teacher, chemistry teacher was teaching it wrong. Uh, it just means it was hard for me. So I think there's a lot more details that probably are important specific to that story. But high level, this idea that kids can sign a petition and a teacher gets fired simply because the class is too hard seems like a a bullshit thing. But it does happen. And again, there's probably details we don't know. But you hear all the time about teachers not being able to teach the way they want to because parents complain. Um, But like... Currently in the news, this happens all the time where people are complaining about the indoctrination of our children in schools. Um, And whether you believe that or not, if you do believe it, why are you continuing to send your kids to that school? You have an option. Just don't send them there. Send them somewhere else or homeschool them. But instead, you're complaining about it and making it hard for everybody else. Yep. So don't make your personal gripes everybody else's problem. If you don't like the state of the government, don't put your kids in their schools. Move to Canada. Yeah. Because it's... Or homeschool them or, you know, take them to a private school or there's a lot of charter schools now and stuff Mm -hmm. like that that are not government funded. Like there are other options. There's a ton of options now. And and a lot of them do a lot better job than public schools, Mm -hmm. let's face it. So a lot of public schools in in different cities. Seattle, I I don't think, is on the worst list. But there are definitely cities and stuff like that that are really terrible. And they have a hard time finding kids or finding teachers to teach the kids because the kids come from families. And see, it's, it's such a complicated – to me, in my mind, it's such a complicated issue because on the one hand, I don't like government schools um, because I, I I do think that they're indoctrination uh, schools, whether it's Republican or Democrat. I don't care who's in office. They push some kind of agenda on the children trying to manipulate their minds into – Whatever it is. Do you have an example of something like that? Well, I, I, I see a lot of, uh, <clears throat> like you can see a lot on TikTok. There's a lot of videos of teachers trying to social engineer kids to 
talk a lot more about sex stuff and whatnot instead of, especially in elementary, rather than, you know, <laughs> learning how to read and write. Like, I don't, I thought my teacher lived in school. Like, I don't think my teacher, I didn't think my teacher, until third grade, I thought teachers lived at the school. So, I, I, like, I didn't I would care agree. about I would their sex that. life. I thought so too. Seeing who they were married. Was weird. Uh, however, I, I feel like using, because I saw it on the internet, as an example of a widespread epidemic of a problem is not fair. I didn't say it's because, widespread. I know, but those are the one-offs, right? But sure. this is what we do. We say, oh, well, I saw this guy doing it, so it must be everywhere. And it's not. And yes, there are teachers that are doing really great, and there are teachers that are doing really poorly. And there's a whole bunch of people in the middle that are just trying to do the best they can. Except uh, there are schools and <clears throat> districts that will allow such things to continue sure. to happen. Sure. And so I'm not saying like every teacher's doing that. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of teachers that were off the rockers. Oh yeah. And they should have been fired. <laughs> and but then I had some really teachers that really kind of spoke to you and you could tell they were authentic mm-hmm. teachers who were not either didn't allow <laughs> uh the system to really mm-hmm. upset them or jade them mm-hmm. and they actually really cared. In my senior year in high school, I had so senior year you typically take government. Mm-hmm. And first semester, I had one teacher, uh, Mr. Weitzel. And then the second semester, I had the other government teacher, uh, Mr. Gertzen, Adrian. And you want to talk about two entirely contrasting styles of teaching. Uh, Mr. Weitzel was trying to teach you nuts and bolts of government, how it works and what your opinion should be. And he was like a thousand years old. (laughs) He'd been there forever. Um, and he would do this thing where he'd like ask you your opinion. And when you would give it, he would tell you you were wrong if it wasn't the right opinion, which I thought was kind of fucked up, but it was like clear that he wasn't interested in opinions. He was interested in like, how does parliamentary procedure work and how's the government function and like the nuts and bolts of it. And then the next semester, when I managed to switch government classes, we sat in a circle. It was like this old hippie, Adrian Gertzen. We sat in a circle and the class was discussions and critical thinking and he would do that thing you're talking about where he would challenge people on their opinions that they created no matter how much you knew he believed it or agreed with it like there were times where like well he shared his opinion about this at one point and now he's arguing against his opinion but his point was i'm not here to to tell you what to think i'm here to make sure that you're thinking yep that you're actually thinking this through yes and with government like in terms of you and I, average everyday people, and our relationship with the government, how the procedural rules in the Senate work is irrelevant. But how we think about policy affecting our individual lives, that does matter. Yes. And how does it get created? How do we vote for it? How does our personal vote impact things or not impact things? Yeah. So we can think critically about the government that's telling us what to do and affecting our lives every day and understanding that national government is arguably less important than our local government that really impacts our day-to-day lives. You know, we'd have these discussions. What's more important? Oh, the president is the most important. Well, but is he? Is the things that he's doing really that important compared to the city that's trying to put armed guards in every school or right. what, whatever it happens to be? Sure. Um, so I really appreciated his. It no. was it was good. Yeah, those are good teachers. <clears throat> it was good to learn the nuts and bolts, and there is a balance, I think, Understanding how the government works functionally and understanding the branches and their positions and their their duties and how they interact, that is important. But like getting down to the language of how the Speaker of the House runs a session is stupid because most people don't care 
you're never going to, you're never going to pay attention to that. And the people that do care, the poli sci kids, they'll go learn it anyway. They're going to learn it in debate oh, club. Yeah. Yeah. So like oh, we, we don't yeah. need to do that. Yeah. Let's not waste our time on that. As a voter, as just a citizen <clears throat> and a voter who has whatever job they have, but it's not in government. Yeah. All you need to know is the basics, but you also need to think mm-hmm. and you know how to, you have to think through the, the, what, when you get the voter pamphlet and you have to think through what they're trying to tell you mm-hmm. and you have to read the pros and you have to read the cons and you have to read it all <clears throat> with a suspicious eye. I agree. 100%. Even if it's the person that you completely yes. agree with, you yep. should read it assuming they're selling you a line of bullshit. Yeah. Cause they are. Cause they likely are. <laughs> they want your vote. Mm-hmm. They'll say anything. Yep. That's I don't exactly think there's right. an honest politician. I really don't. I think they're mostly dishonest. Yeah, I and I and I don't yeah. think because they want to be. I think because the system makes them. Mm-hmm. Because the ones that are honest will never make it past the primaries. They won't. I don't think they'll make it past the primaries. Because they're not saying those things to get you emotionally engaged. Yes, they're not being like we've gotten to a point where you they're have too to logical. Be, you have to be so far. Well, like a lot that's going on right now is they talk about these <clears throat> these primaries where. You have to skew so far one direction so that you get the majority of half of the population on your side. And then when you get back to the actual uh, election, Democrat versus Republican or whatever it happens to be, now you're having to skew back towards the middle because you alienated 30% of your oh, yeah. base by skewing way far to one edge and you're trying to come back so you can get those moderates in the middle. You know, and so, like, to your point, it's all bullshit. Like, some yeah. people, there are some wackos out there that truly believe a lot of the shit they're spewing. Yeah. Um, but there's other people who are just saying whatever they have to say to get elected. Yeah. Like, our system is set up so that's, that you spend all your time trying to get reelected and not enough time governing. Yes. I agree with that. And and the, the politician you want is the one that doesn't want to be a politician. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where's he at? He won't make it past. My high school <laughs> geography teacher. <laughs> We, oh really? Oh yeah. We he was the best, Mr. Keg. Yeah. Uh, Keg. Yeah. Oh, uh, even a great name. I know. He was he was <laughs> awesome. We're like he was he's really really smart. He's yeah. super intelligent and would force us to think critically about things. And it was geography, so it's like capitals and countries. Yeah. Um, but he would get into like the different nuts and bolts of those countries and how they run and what makes them different from the United States. What makes them good? What makes them bad? He wasn't uh, the U.S. is the best ever. He was an ex Marine sniper. And he would never tell us any of the stories about his sniper ranks. And we would ask so much that he banned the word sniper in his classroom. So then we started saying, did you S him? And then he didn't, he didn't think that was funny either. But however, no. he was really he smart. he didn't like killing people. He did not. He like, I didn't, I didn't he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, we were kids. We were idiots. And we were just being ding-dongs. I watched but, Rambo. How many people did you kill? Yeah. Rambo killed 50. But he, he did have some really good military stories. And mostly we're like... Silly things like running away from a moose <laughs> in Germany, <laughs> whatever. That sounds awesome. But I bring it up because we're like, Mr. Keg, you should be president. You're so smart and you know all these things. You'd make a great president. He's like, I don't want that shit. I don't want to be president at all. And that's where like this idea in my brain kind of came from where I was like talking with my friends. And I was like, that's the person that we should want to be our president. That was I was like 16 years old when this happened. And I had this thought in my head, like, that's the person we want. The person that doesn't want to be president, that's the person who should be president. That means it's the person with the conscience. Mm-hmm. The person that, like, actually is forced to do the job and they're like, 
I'll give you four years. I'll agree to do it because you want me to do it. I don't want to do it. After this is over, I'm done. And then there's no option for them to re-up because mm-hmm. I think that's what gets people yeah. indoctrinated into the yes. into politics is that ability to continue to be in politics. I agree. But just get smart people. We have so many smart people. I know. Yeah, but that's the problem. They're smart. I know. So they don't want to be uh, <laughs> don't want to be in the government. They don't want to be in the government. Who can blame them? Yeah, I know. It's dumb. <clears throat> maybe I should be president. Well, uh, maybe you should. I'm vice president. Usually, used to do a city council. That wouldn't be bad. In, um, in Chelan, we should move out there. And we could start running that place. <laughs> Run in Chelan. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. You well, and I would debate all the time. And then we drink whiskey afterwards. We'd be at the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck you, John. We'd be. It would be drink. Fuck well, you, Wes. We'd have to. Hmm, maybe we had. Maybe we should move out there. Start a business, a distillery, and then. Uh, no, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to start a distillery. Let's just move out there. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful to way, me. Way better. <laughs> I would love to start a distillery. There's so many things I'd love to start and do and get better at. And I feel like my time is closing on those things. Let's start doing them. I know. I've been. I get, have been. Get busy, get busy living or get busy dying. That's right. Hey, if you're alive, you're fully in. You're not ever fully out because you're alive. It's true. So you have to be all in. You well, have to be. Speaking of learning and doing stuff, is your lathe set up? No, my lathe's not up. Let's set it up. Well, I got to get my router table up and all that stuff. Up I have came with our. What, it came with our. I think with our front door. Mm-hmm. These two. Oh no! It came with our um our, our butcher block countertop. These two. They're a little larger than two by twos. Some sort of really really tight grained hardwood, like so much so that I tried to screw a screw into it. It got halfway in and snapped off. No way. Yeah, it's super hard. So there's a little bit of metal in parts of it, so we'd have to figure that part out. But it's it's wicked hot. And I want to make tap handles out of it. Oh, that'd be fun. They make great tap they would be perfect for tap handles. Yeah, they would. I have to I have to get a bunch of shit out of the garage first. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty organized, but I'm not very efficient on where everything should go and that, that kind of sucks. Um but going back to this um Oh yeah. <laughs> going back to this teacher. To me, it, it it's the same. I think it ended up being the same story as our government that we went on a rant about. Follow the money. Mm. Oh, yeah. I Since guess they so. did not petition uh, him to be fired, but that he would just change his class, and they fired him anyways, I, I bet someone threatened to pull Funding. money. It's probably some kid's rich parent that, yep. that that kid should be a doctor. They deserve to be a doctor. Yeah, you're fucking my kid's life up. Mm-hmm. I'm paying eighty three, eighty five thousand dollars a year for this yeah. shit. Well, that's what these idiot teacher or parents at that <clears throat> our friend's school do is they're like, my kid needs that grade so they can get into college, and you're fucking up their future by giving them a bad grade. Yeah, your kid's an idiot. Yeah, it's not and, my kid. It's not my fault. Your kid's a dodo. That's just it. Money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's corrupted. It people are mm-hmm. corrupted by money. So what's fix? How do we fix it? Um, how do you get money out of that bullshit? You don't get money out of that bullshit. Because money, money is well. The love of money is the root of all the evil, and these people love their money. And they what if you just they lust think money? because they have it? Like they, I don't have a lot of money, so I mostly just lust it. So, so people who have money and they don't love it, they don't try to rule people with it. Mm. Does that make sense? Like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, like Keanu Reeves. He's a nice guy. Yeah, sweetheart. Uh, doesn't touch women when they want to take pictures. You know, he's very thoughtful about those things. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, not the brightest bulb. I've never found, I never thought Keanu was the brightest bulb, but no. he's not a bad actor. But he's super nice. Yeah, he's super nice. And and money is something that he gives away and he's thoughtful with it. Because mm-hmm. to him, it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't rule him. And there's some people who hold on to that shit like mm-hmm. their life depends on it, which is sad. Mm-hmm. There's some more, people more, more. More, more, who more. are, oh, I know. There's some people who are dying for it because they don't have enough of it. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people who have a ton of it and they want to rule your fucking ass. They want to own you like a slave. You do what I say or I pull my fucking funding out of stuff. And that's terrible too. So it's an attitude of money. And we haven't done a good job in this country because we like those people. That's why we should be communists. No, we should not. Jesus Everybody Trump. gets an equal share. We get assigned a job. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> I don't like that. In theory. <clears throat> yeah, in theory. But well, you- even in theory, capitalism works. But capitalism can work if you can work hard. Yeah, but a lot of people work hard and it doesn't work for them. And then they need to go find a place where they'll appreciate where they work hard. Mm. Like coal miners, they work hard. Mm-hmm. No one appreciates them. No. Because it's all green stuff now, so fuck yeah, those Yeah, but nobody walkers. really appreciated it before anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's why those old, you know, and the company store, and then you can go spend your mm-hmm. money at the company mm-hmm. store, and they just robbed you there too. Indentured servitude. It is indentured servitude. But if you had any kind of critical thinking, you would know what you were up against. And that's why they would unionize or strike or. And they have. They do. It's better. It's a lot better than it used to be. And it's also mechanized to a point where it's it's much fewer people, though. There are areas that um, specifically to call you brought up green energy. And um, when the transition is done right, I want to say correctly, when it's done right with people in mind. It can be really beneficial. So like some of these areas that mines have closed and companies have gone in and provided re-education services so people can do jobs. Yeah. And I'm not talking like you hear these stories about I was once digging coal and now I'm a coder for mm-hmm. Microsoft. Like I feel like that's a one off that that's a guy who shouldn't have been working in the mine anyway. Well, that was like, Andrew, Andrew Yang's uh, kind of vision that he kind of. He yeah, kind of yeah, about. I know it. Well, so it's like. That's a specific person with a specific kind of mind that was made to do that kind of work. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to turn everybody that worked in a no. coal mine into coder. a coder. Um, and I think we miss the fact that there are a lot of people that really like working with their hands. Yeah. And they would like to do something where they, or are they still, like hard work. Yeah. So <laughs> why aren't the programs more robust or flexible in what, what they're teaching people? Why does it have to be like, oh, tech jobs? Yeah. Because I, I feel like there's a level of educated people that believe that all labor jobs and service jobs will go away eventually, even though they all rely on all of those people. Oh, yes. I you know, know. like yeah. like, a, like your boss's <clears throat> situation, like if he doesn't have an electrician come fix his house that has all these quirky mechanical weird things, he's fucked. Yeah. He's not going to do it himself. No. So, you know, so I think we don't value those those people and those decisions and those desires as much as we should. Yeah. Like not everybody needs to work in tech. Yeah. You know, it, people can go do whatever you want, yeah. but give them flexibility to do whatever they want. So when I talked to this guy at McKinstry, um, that Nathan's going to go meet next week, actually it might be this week. I like Anyways. McKinstry, by the way, they do an annual homebrew competition in oh. their McKinstry office. 
<laughs> well, this guy was sweet. He was a sweetheart. And uh, Nate, uh, Scott, my brother, talked to him when uh, the guy was over at the University of Washington. My brother met him and he said, hey, Nathan should check out this guy. And what he does is he tries to get schools involved and families involved in uh, having the kids come and see what an HVAC guy does Mm -hmm. from electrician stuff to refrigeration to sheet metal Mm -hmm. even. And to meet these guys and to walk through their facility and to talk to them and ask questions and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, because, you know, he noticed those programs don't necessarily exist for kids where Mm -hmm. they're not told that there's trades that they could go into Mm -hmm. where after two to four years, they're already going to make $120,000 a year as Mm -hmm. a journeyman Mm -hmm. right off the bat. You know, so it's like, hey, instead of going in debt, y'all could be like ahead of the curve on this. Mm-hmm. If school's not your thing, if sitting in a classroom to learn to go into a field where you need that mm-hmm. education, we'll train you, we'll teach you, and then you'll be making bank. So this this is where what Seattle, and I don't know, I'm sure there's other jurisdictions that have done it. This is where the Seattle Promise Program is very valuable because do you know what this, you know what the Seattle Promise Program is? So that's the, we'll pay for your first two years of community lo- college. local community yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Seattle, South Seattle College is not a community college. It's college. It has, you can get a bachelor's it's degree there. It's a technical college too, though. There's a lot well, of they do have a lot of tech programs as well. It used to be a community college. And I, I, if I remember right, the difference is that at a community college, you can only get associate's degrees. Oh, yes. And then uh, to become a college, you have to offer bachelor's degrees. That's right. And they now offer bachelor's degrees. But they do offer a ton. The Seattle, there's three Seattle colleges, uh, North, Central, North Central, and South, and South mm-hmm. that offer different programs. They're not they're not homogenous. They're not the same across the board, uh, and they all have their specialties. And the first two years of your school are paid for through the Seattle Promise Program, but they, only if you went to a public school in Seattle. No, actually, no. Did they, they change it? They, it has because as far as I know, it was you had to have been in a. A public school there is, there, in Seattle. Well, or you can't State. move here after you graduate and then go to school. Yeah, but if you went to a private school, I don't think you. I thought the apply. Well, well, we'll have to look at it later. I mean, and if they were smart, they would allow that. It should sure. be any school. Yeah, it shouldn't matter. It should be you're trying to. You're. I get limiting to the geography of Seattle. That makes sense. Um, and the idea is that you would sort of start pushing out and get other communities to do the same thing. And then maybe at some point you're like, okay, well, this is the Western Washington promise program. So you go to school anywhere, high school, anywhere in Western Washington, you can go to any of these schools, first years covered uh, in Western Washington. So you go North border, South border. That would be fantastic. Um, That would be the beauty of it is to your point is kids can go get an associate's degree in a year or two. And already our high schools are connecting kids with, college level program yep. so yep. they can get a jump start on it. Yep. And then you get these kids that are like, you know what I want to do? I want to go make wine. It's a two year program at South Seattle college. I'm going to go do that. And then they're going to do something they might be passionate about. Yeah. I don't know how many 18 year olds are passionate oh, about wine. Bourbon, but bourbon classes that we can go take? There's related. So the fermentation classes are relevant. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I could do a night class. Yeah. But then they have like, they have like, airplane repair and and oh, yeah, engine repair cool. yeah. and like all sorts of different sure. things that i think I be, whatever I think you're central had in. a culinary school attached yeah south to it. has a, a culinary school too uh and then there's like nursing school and like a lot of these are predecessors to higher education degrees beyond it if that's what you want to do it's a good idea but they also allow you to get the education you need to go to 
not just an entry level, no experience job, but the next step up, like, like Nate's talking about doing, whether it's, uh, being a technician on HVAC systems or metalworking or whatever happens to be, this is how we get kids more interested in doing those other jobs and not saddling them with the debt that it requires to get there. And I think a lot of the unions, like I remember, uh, I think it was electrician union will pay for all your uh, books and all your learning for to be an electrician in Washington state. I think they, someone told me there's two electricians in my family. And one of them told me that uh, that window's closing, that they think Washington's going to take that away. Washington state's going to take that away. It seems short-sighted, <clears throat> but, but maybe I, I could see them taking it away, take funding away for that. If they, so here's what they should do. Take it away, quote unquote, take it away under the understanding that they're actually going to expand the program to all trades. Yeah, that would be better. Like instead of making it specific to electricians, electricians. it's like, what trade do you want to be a part of? Here's funding to go do that. Yeah. Do that thing. Yeah. Like you want to talk build, about building a robust economy. That's how you do it. You well, let you, you let kids make decisions based on exactly what they want to do. Even if you think about, you know, coding and AI and robotics and mm-hmm. wherever the, the technocracy that we're eventually <laughs> going into uh, they're going to need electricians. Mm-hmm. They're going to need oh, yeah. engineers or people that understand electricity and how to, you know, create those things well, and, and even then wire you, those things. You and, can get an associate's degree in computer science at these yeah, schools. Yeah, those first two years of school that you might pay thirty thousand dollars a semester to go to some fancy school, you can get the same education. I know the whole two years the for less years. than thirty thousand uh-huh. dollars. Yeah, and in Seattle for nothing. I know. Maybe some fees, yeah. whatever. But the Books. the idea, which I think is great, is that these kids that never saw a path to doing bigger and better have an opportunity to go do bigger and better. Yeah. Without it, with like, if you, I think you and I, we're, we're solidly middle class and we have this idea that we, maybe we don't always have the money, but we can figure out how to get there because we've always yeah. been able to figure out how to get there. Yeah. But if you grew up in a world where there, you had no money, and you were always just struggling to survive. The idea of dropping thousands of dollars to go pay for an education when I like I think Tate's in this mentality right now. He sees dollars. I can get it right now. I'm going to go do that um, instead of like he's even said it. This idea that I'm going to drop a bunch of money over the next couple of years and have some debt to get to where I want to be like you're making a life decision that is bigger than right now, but the brains that we're asking to make those decisions don't know how to think past their dick. Yeah. But unless they, I think a lot of times they don't know what they want to do. In this case, he actually knows what he wants to do. Yeah. He's just, he's, I think he's just afraid. Yeah. I think that is a fear thing. It is. In Nathan's case, he has no idea what he wants to do. None. He just knows that. And he needs to go start doing things. Well, that's so this guy will show him like, here's the electrician route. Mm -hmm. Here's the HVAC route. Here's, I mean, he'll he'll talk to him about those things, and um, you know it was cool. So I was trying to encourage him to go and just just do something, man. I took a class in high school that was like a career class, and all they did was connect you with yeah. people around the city, and like I did everything from like I I worked at the Humane Society with their vet, and well worked with I shadowed. It was more job shadowing. Uh, I went to the airport. And shadowed an airplane mechanic and actually got to work on airplanes. Um, I shadowed a construction crew. And this was like a semester-long class where your entire job was just to go out. or Like you passed by showing up. Yeah. And then letting your teacher know what you're doing. And so the entire intent was like, 
just get to know all these different things that you can do. Here's a list of things. Here's the connections. Uh, we'll help you make the, the connections and the yep. phone calls and they'll know you're coming. Yeah. Um, but we don't do enough of that to try no. to, to try to help. We do too much trying to tell kids what they need to do and not enough trying to help them figure out what it is they want exactly. to do. And I haven't told Nathan or Sophia what they need to do. I've mm-hmm. always told them, go try it out. If you're mm-hmm. not moving forward, then you're just, you're stale. Mm-hmm. You just have to move. Mm-hmm. Just go. And then you'll figure it out. You well, will figure it out. And Scotty always- was the same way. Scotty didn't know what he wanted to do. He was, you know, I think he was like 22, 23 at my parents' house. My dad basically told him, go do something with your life, but either way, get the fuck out of my house. Mm-hmm. And he kicked forced, my brother out of the house. Yeah. And so my brother was like, I guess I'll go to HVAC school. And so he went down to Arizona for HVAC school. And that was his career path. Mm-hmm. Is that the thing Scott loves to do? No, he loves his family. Family is the thing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also he's great at woodworking and stuff like that. He's a very creative kid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, got to make a living too. Mm-hmm. Right? And your hobbies can't always be your jobs. Yeah, not always. You know, you got to figure that out unless you get good at your hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good side hustle for the in the meantime. So, Well, the one thing I always try to remind Tate of when he's like him and hawing and wasting time yeah. is he's wasting the only resource you can't get more of time. That's the only one you can't create more of. Nope. You can get more money, you can get more food, you can get more alcohol, whatever it is, that thing that you want, weed, weed, you can get more of that, but you yeah. can't get more time. Nope. So every time you sit around with your thumb up your ass, not doing something, yep. you're wasting a resource. Yep. You might as well just be throwing dollar bills down the sink. Yep. Well, folks, thank you so much for throwing dollar bills down the sink while listening to this podcast. If you could throw them into my sink and not down the sink, but into <laughs> my bank account, that would be great. That would be great. I'm working with Fountain FM right now uh, to get the sats and the crypto going. And uh, hopefully another way in which if you would like to donate or suggest uh, beer or bourbon and, and help pay for that, uh, that would be awesome. And that's coming soon. Um, in the meantime, we thank you for listening um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this and uh, got something out of it. And if you'd like to contribute to the conversation, you can always email us at balderdashboys at protonmail.com. Balderdash is spelled B-A-L-D-E-R-D-A-S-H. And um, <laughs> you can always call us and leave us a voicemail. Um, I won't answer it if you call, uh, but I'll definitely uh, listen to the voicemail, and it does work. So if you don't think it works, it works. And that number is 360-553-1058, 360-553-1058. So leave us a voicemail and uh, tell us what you think as well. Uh, John, I'm so glad you're here in the flesh. Yeah, me too. Also, I, I want to throw out there, let's leverage your network a little bit. And if you happen to know a brewer or a distiller oh, yeah. or a winemaker – uh, that you are impressed by or that you think would love to have a good conversation, we're open to it. We can get them on, just like our German friend from last week. Yes. Um, but maybe more or less Yeah, murdery. Mur- just kidding, Max. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, I got, a, I got a good line I got to tell you about uh, on, a, on a person. So uh, anyway, so thank you for listening to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Balderdash. Love you. Fuck.